Good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. <clears throat> I want to talk to you tonight about prayer. Um, in James 5 and 16 and 18, the Bible says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then it gives us an example of that. Elias was a man, a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. So two, two key elements, or three actually to me in this passage of Scripture, is the effectual effectual meaning effective successful productive or constructive um fervent is passion uh intense vehement sincere and the bible says the effectual fervent prayer as i just wrote read availeth much and the word availeth here means to produce a result in a benefit or an advantage and many times we need things from god that we need an answer on and when we 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 have we have a formula we have a solution for that and that is the effectual fervent prayer and it works i've experienced it and i must confess before I start talking about all of this prayer, I, I must confess I fell and come up short. But there's things that I've experienced in my life over the times that I've been living for God that I know that these elements work. We all live busy lives and we all have many things to do and we're all distracted by a lot of different things. And so, um, you know, not making excuses just giving out the facts so prayer is not something that just happens it it's it takes effort to to do that and if we don't make the effort to do it then how can we expect god to provide the results that we desire or want because god does command us to pray um one other thing we should not be ashamed to say, I don't know how to pray. There was a time in my life where I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what the proper methodology was or how to get a response or how to hear from God. Those are things that you learn over time, and they come through experience, and they come through uh, um, interaction with the Spirit. Prayer is a spiritual thing. It is not a physical thing. It's a celestial thing. It is something that you do with faith. When you mix faith with your prayer, then things begin to happen. And, and you can either see them evolve or God can do them miraculously. He, he is sovereign. And it is by God's choice and by God's principles that things take place. And so many times in my life, I want to be the effectual fervent prayer and I want it to avail right now. 
But it's not my choice. It's God's kingdom. And so a lot of times God will help us by help us by seeing our prayers evolve. You pray for something and God gives you a piece of that something. And in doing that, God increases your faith. He gives you experience. He provides you with knowledge. And that knowledge, that experience, and that faith can increase your your faith in God and what God can do for you and give you the passion and the effectiveness to make your prayer avail over whatever situation you have. So we should not be ashamed to say, I don't know how to pray. If you don't know how to pray, you don't know how to pray. You didn't know how to drive a car before you were taught how to drive a car. And I drive on the road every day, as you all do, and most people still can't drive a car. And um, so we notice, and, and, and so many times, you know, um, in our human nature where we don't want to admit that we don't know how to do something or we're unable to do it or we don't have the knowledge to do it. There's no shame in that. If you've never experienced something, if you've never been exposed to something, if you don't have the knowledge how to perform something, there's no shame in that. But there is shame if the knowledge is there and you choose not to go and obtain it. That's where the problem comes in. I say shame, and I don't, I don't mean that in a negative light. I'm just stating the fact that, you know, so many people spend time, and, and I'm not being critical at all. I'm just making a fact and an, an observation on Facebook and Snapchat and, and all them other whatever they got and playing games and stuff when if they would take their knowledge and some of their time, I'm not saying all of it, you know, um, and they would apply that to learning how to um, write computer code or learn how to build a spreadsheet or learn how to do word processing, typing up, that would give them knowledge. And not only that, the, the Internet is an is a evil thing, but it's also a powerful thing. And so there are so many tutorials out there that say, hey, you want to learn how to build a spreadsheet and write formulas? Here, go to YouTube. Here's the steps, 1 through 12. You can do hands-on. And, and what I'm saying is that you have the knowledge, if you don't know how to pray, it's in the Word of God. You have the knowledge by people in this church house today that have experience in prayer and you can ask them so in Luke 11 chapter 11 and verses 1 through 4 notice that what one of the disciples asked Jesus and it came to pass that he was praying in a certain place and when he ceased one of his disciples said unto him Lord teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples so if you don't know how to pray and you're you're unsure of what you need to pray or how to pray it is not a shameful thing it is not something to be embarrassed about to come to someone and say I need to learn how to pray I, I need you to help me and that's one of the things that I want to try to do tonight. In Matthew 6 and also in Luke 11, it 
it lays out the Lord's Prayer. And I want to kind of go through that a little bit. I want to go through some prerequisites prior to the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. But in, in that, the Lord did not lay out a word-for-word prayer. Yeah, you can pray the Lord's Prayer, but what he was really doing is he was saying, this is the structure of how you pray. And we'll go through that, and, and we'll see how that evolved. Uh, Matthew 6, 1 through 13 says, Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou, therefore, when thou doest thine alms, or whenever you give, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, and they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto thee, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret, himself shall reward thee openly. And notice here what he says in verse 5. He says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. And so here's Jesus laying out what is the prerequisite before you begin your prayers. And in verse 6 he says, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, enter into a place that is is secluded and between you and God. And one of the most powerful things that we have in the church today is for spousal prayer, for the husband and the wife to pray together. There is such strength and power in that because it's sanctioned by God. And the Bible says that where any two or more agree as touching any one thing, that it shall be given unto them. So whenever the, the, the husband and the wife together find a place and pray, it is, it is biblical in the fact that more than one is there praying and more than one can reach the throne of God. And so um, I, that's not in my notes. I just felt like putting that in there. And, and it, brings, it brings the two together. It does something um, that is amazing that only God can do whenever we do this. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And, and what God is what, what, what God is trying to portray here and is trying to teach his disciples here are you need to have your own independent life of prayer. You need to have your own time with God and, and your own time to find a little bit of sanity in this world. And... Uh, Yes, we have group prayers, and, and we need to have those, and they're good. And, and we come to the church, and we go into the prayer rooms, and we pray there, and we pray out in the front of the church, and we pray at our pews, and all that's good. But we also need to have that time where it's just us and God, and we bring our things and our needs and our petitions, and we, we give our adoration to God in private to show our love and our adoration to Him. Um, but when you pray... 
Use not vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. But not therefore like unto them, be ye not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before ye ask. Our prayers should not be about what the, you know, only about the things of what we can ask God for. And so when I move, I'm going to move into what we call the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is not something that we are to just repeat. It is a format and a manner in which God laid out to help people that didn't know how to pray have a, a methodology and a, a, a manner to pray. Because notice what Jesus says here in verse 9. He says, after this manner. He doesn't say repeat after me. He says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What does that mean? It means holy. It means sanctified. It means consecrated. It means blessed. So what is, what is Jesus saying here? What Jesus is saying is whenever you enter into your prayer time that you open up with worship. You open up with adoration. You open up with the glorification of who God is and how great he is. He created the heavens of the earth. There is no other God beside him. He, from the rising of the sun to the going down, down of the same, the name of the Lord shall be praised. So when you open yourself up and you begin your prayers by lifting God up, it it, 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 it invites him in. And, you know, the Bible talked about in the Old Testament whenever they would give the sacrifices and they would put the fat on there that the fat would go up as a sweet-smelling savor unto the Lord. And when your prayers go up like an incense unto the Lord, and whenever you begin, I mean, who doesn't like praise? Who doesn't like to be said, man, you've done a great job today. We're going to give you a bonus. Do y'all like that? I love it. And so the, the Lord is the same way. He wants us to enter into this hallowed place and this place where we lift him up and we glorify him. And that's how you begin your prayer and you begin opening up to God. And not only does it, does it, uh, it pleases God, but it also brings your defenses down. It brings down those things that say, you know, I'm having this problem, I'm having that problem, uh, I, I need to deal with this issue because God... God is bigger than all of that. And when we begin to magnify God, God can take us and put us in a place where he can use us in the time that we have, the precious time that we have to be with him. And so the next thing he said is, Thy kingdom come, thou will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So and then, then you move into after your worship and after your adoration to God and lifting up God and, and speaking faith in the things that, that God has put in his word. You know, the next thing that he wants to do is he don't want to know what your will is. He wants you to understand what his will is. Your will comes in to play, but in the beginning, we need to surrender ourselves 
up to God. And when we do that, God can begin to work on us and begin to mold us. Paul said, I die daily. He didn't mean that spiritually. What he meant was I get in prayer, I find the Spirit, I die. This old man, this person that I am that I don't like dies in my prayer room, in my prayer closet. And so what we want is we want the things of heaven because that's what God wants. God wants the earth to be to be full of grace and full of mercy and full of love. I mean, if you read the word of God, God, um, God talks about love. Love your enemy. Love those who despitefully use you. On and on and on. So when we when we get into that realm, that is that is not my mindset. If you kick me in the shin, I want to kick you back two times. But when we step into that that prayer and we give God the praise and worship and then we say, okay, God, it's not what I want, it's what you want, God. What, what, what is it that you want to do with me? What is it that you want to use me for? How do you want me to think? How do you want me to operate? What do you want in my heart? What do you want in my mind? What do you want me thinking? And then the next thing he says, give us this day our daily bread. Okay, God, I need you to take care of me. I have a family. I have a job. I have kids I have grandkids I they have needs some of them don't live for God some of them are here some of them are there I need you to help me today God I need to I need to be blessed on my job I need the favor from my employer I need the favor of my uh, co-workers I need you to give me the wisdom and the knowledge that I need God to 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 be able to supply for my family I need you to touch my health so you can you can open the doors and the gates to many things because just getting a loaf of bread every day is not going to suffice your needs. But if you go to God and you say, hey, God, I need knowledge. I need wisdom. I need doors open. I need a promotion. I need my boss to favor me. I need my coworkers. I need, and so whenever you do that, God begins to work and begins to move in our, in our uh, steed. And, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That is not our nature, folks. We don't like to forgive and forget. We don't forget too much. We might forgive. And so we need God to help us with that. We need God to change our attitude. We need God to help us with the way we think and the way we we process and the way that we respond. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Our flesh rules us, and it desires things that are contrary to God. Many scriptures say that. So you, you, you know what those weaknesses are. God knows what those weaknesses are. And when you begin to speak to God about them, and you get God to helping you, and, and you know, this, this scripture right here, but deliver us from evil, I used to think that was a scripture that said, okay, God, you go get my enemies and you keep them off my back and you deliver me from that evil. But now I view it a little bit of a different way and I view it in this format, but God deliver me from performing evil. You know, if you go back and you read in Genesis chapter 6, the Bible states 
that God looked upon the earth and he saw that evil continually was the only thing in man's heart. And so then he destroyed the earth by by the flood. And, And God knows that we are pure humanity and the only thing that keeps our humanity pressed down is the spirit of God and so it can mean deliver us from evil maybe but I'm just sharing with you how I look at that scripture now for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen so you begin your prayer by worshiping God and magnifying Him, and you end your prayer with telling God how great He is and how wonderful He is, and you start telling God how you thank Him for the prayers that you've answered, how He's going to uh, do them and, 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 and deliver them, because He will. He is a faithful God. Um, so one of the things that, that I fell in tremendously is I have this belief that the one-hour prayer is very, very significant for triumphant living. Uh, I believe it's, I believe that it is key to the victorious Christian in our day to become involved in an hour of prayer, six, uh, Matthew 6 and 6. We live in a very busy time. However, it does take time to be holy. Um, there's no getting around that fact. And, and I can attest to you, that if you will commit to God and you will pray on on anything or something or and you will commit to God for an hour, you will be astonished at what God will do with your commitment. I, I speak to that in, as a testimony. In Matthew 26 and 40, Jesus, during one of his most difficult moments, looked at his disciples and he said, Won't you watch and pray with me one hour? In Timothy 4 and 8, we are told that physical training is of some value, while spiritual training is is for all times. And, you know, many... Many athletes today are they're so physically active and they have certain goals in mind. I want to lose this much weight. I want to be able to curl this much weight. I want to be able to long jump this, this high or this long. I want to be able to vertical jump. I want to be able to run this far. And so they set these goals to be able to achieve these great physical um, achievements that they want. And, and without setting a goal in our life, our spiritual life, it's almost unachievable to get there. Um, so when you, when you, it is a proven fact that if you write it down, it, it, it holds more weight than if you just say it or you just think it. So I would encourage you to, every day I have certain things I write down in my planner that, that are precious to me or are things that, that I feel like the Lord has shared with me and they keep them fresh in my mind and when you keep these goals fresh before you it helps you to achieve them one of the most confusing aspects of Christianity to believers and non-believers alike is the issue of prayer it can seem like an almost mundane ritual when you pray you're just telling things to an omniscient being who knows what you will pray about before you do it. Matthew 6 and 8 says that. Be not, be, ye not, be not ye therefore like unto them. For your Father knoweth what things you need of before you ask. So what, you might say, well, what is the point of praying? Why, why, if God already knows what I need, why do I need to pray at all? 
And so many theologians have attempted to attack this and look at it and try to understand it, and they come up with a few answers. Firstly, we pray because God commands us to. The Bible says throughout the Word of God, we need to pray. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it is stated, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Many biblical characters were given orders they didn't fully understand or comprehend. Noah built an ark with no idea of what it would be for. So when God commands us to pray, we don't necessarily even need a reason to do so. We just need to go. You know, there are times that that we just need to go and not have a need, not have a purpose, and just walk into the presence of God and just begin to lift him up and to begin to glorify him and begin to magnify him. And you would be surprised that when God comes into the room and God begins to commune with you and you with God, that things will come up out of you from the Spirit that you didn't even know were there. That You might have had restless nights. You may have had a, a wandering mind, you may, and you don't understand, but when you get in touch with the Spirit and the Spirit is communing with you and you with it, and things begin to come out of us, and God takes those things and God helps us with those things that we don't even know what that we've been fighting with or that we've been struggling with. Um, 2 Corinthians 10 through 3 through 4 For thou, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Um, I forgot a statement before I read this scripture. We should also pray because it allows us to connect with God on a spiritual level. And we must understand that not all of our solutions are by man. They're not made in the flesh, but they are spiritual matters. And the scripture that backs that up is 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 4. For thou, for those... Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. If you have a major decision to make, a friend who needs uplifted, uh, or, or courage to spread God's word, the solution can usually be found through prayer. God speaks in, indirectly when you quiet your heart before him you will be more likely to hear his voice. We should pray to God for two important reasons. First of all, God has instructed us to pray. Secondly, for purely selfish reasons, prayer causes things to happen. You want revival? Start praying for it. You want to see your loved ones saved? Pray for them. Get somebody to pray with you. Bind together. You want to see things happen on your job? Pray. God brings forth results. Prayer gets results. It is a cause and effect. 
Result of the scriptures from Bible, the Bible exhort us to pray to God. First Thessalonians five sixteen and seventeen, James one five and eight, James five thirteen through eighteen, and Philippians four six and seven. This is just a sampling of the verses that encourage us to pray. Prayer provides a way for us to communicate with God. We can pray to God by using the format of the Lord's Prayer. Or we can merely just speak to God. There are times when I'm just driving down the road and I just say, Hey, God, how you doing today? I'm doing well. I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for everything you've done for me. And I just start talking to the Lord just like that and telling him things. And, and I believe that God hears me and God wants me to do that. And you can do that as well. God is constantly aware of what we do and what we say. He is omnipotent. Yet we must exercise our faith by acknowledging God. That is another reason why we need to pray because we need to acknowledge God for who and what he is. Of course, we need to be sincere in our prayers to God. God, unlike man, cannot be fooled. This is because God knows all, he sees all, and he understands all. God weighs the heart of men and women. He knows purity, he knows hypocrisy, and degrees in between. This is a judgment of the heart. Only God is able to make pure judgment about another person's heart. Prayer can have a cause and effect and an impact on our lives. It doesn't have to impact anyone else. It can just impact us. It can encourage us. It can strengthen us. It can give us the victory. It can give us something, a word, to give to someone else who is struggling. I've, I've had instances in my life where God just said, hey, go pray for that person. I'm like, God, what? Whoa, they're doing fine. There ain't nothing wrong with them. And I walk over there and lay my hand on them, and they just will. That wasn't me. That didn't have nothing to do with me. It had to do with the need of that individual and God knowing and using me as an instrument. We have to be sensitive to God, and we have to understand how God wants us to use us. And we can't do that if we don't communicate with Him. So in a daily communication with God helps us to be sensitive to others' needs and also to the things that God has needs of. This is God's church. This is God's body. This is God's city. This this is God's world. And God uses us to be able to affect his city, his church, his world. And if we do not have connection with God and we don't commune with God, it is virtually impossible for us to be able to affect the things that God desires for us to affect. For instance, when Paul was in prison, the people of the church did what? They prayed. Constantly, all night, until what? Until Paul, this is, this is how I've done a lot of times in my life. He comes and knocks on the door, and the lady says, who is it? And he says, it's Paul. And she says, it can't be Paul. You're in prison. Well, she runs and tells everybody. They're like, let him in. <laughs> Our prayer comes to the door answered, and we're like, oh, that can't happen. How did that happen? Because we asked, we believed, we communed, and God was faithful. And so when, when we 
give God our attention and we give God the adoration and we give God the praise. And what happened when they brought Paul in? What happened? They all celebrated. They were all rejoicing. They were all thankful. And so many times, you know, we can get to a place where we just expect it and it shows up and we're like, hey, that's done. I'm off to the next one. No, 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 no. We have to take the time to give the adoration to God and give the gratefulness of how grateful we are to God and be so thankful and overjoyed with what God has done for us. God sent an angel to free Paul from prison. In addition, Jesus prayed to God on Peter's behalf. He prayed for Peter's faith that it should not fail him. Also, Jesus prayed for himself and his disciples in Matthew 26, 36 through 46. In conclusion, we can see that since God answers prayer, then nothing is impossible. The impossible lies within us. And unless we realize how big and how great God is, that's why he desires us to enter in hallowing him, lifting him up, and finish lifting him up, and thanking him, and giving him praise and adorations, because when you mix God with whatever your need is, it is not impossible, because the Bible says with God all things are possible. And so when we incorporate God, nothing is impossible. In addition, we can pray to God about any issue that concerned us. We can give thanks. We can make requests. A great thing about our prayers is that we don't have to tell anyone about what we pray. If it's a matter that you don't want nobody else to know about, it can be between you and God. And I can assure you that he is a gentleman and he will keep it between you and him except for whenever he fixes it. Pray for yourselves. Pray for your parents. Pray for your brothers, your siblings, your boss, your, your present, your future, your country, your question mark, whatever. You can bring anything to God. And God will say, oh, that's, an, that's a miss. You can't ask that. Or God will say, I have the answer. And God is just and faithful, and he will deliver if we will have patience and we will have time. And, we, and if you look, if you look at your life, if you look at something that you're praying about and you see no movement there and you don't see an answer, I assure you that at the moment and the time when God so deems, there will be a little nugget that says, I hear you, I see you, I'm working it. And just have faith in God. And just pick up your little nugget, put it in your pocket, and say, thank you, Lord, and every once in a while pull it out in good faith and as a reminder of how great and awesome our God is. Can we give him a hand clap of praise? Thank you for coming out tonight. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord.